You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 264, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining us today are Brendan Fry. Hey, yo. Brendan Quinn. Hello. And Phil Brown. Hey. <laughs> so how are you guys all doing today? I'm doing just as well as the first time we recorded this. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, this, <laughs> this is take two, because we had a little uh, scheduling issue. <clears throat> Brendan Fry. It was my fault. Yeah, it, was, it was all your fault. Nope. Was me. Editor-in-chief always takes the blame. You're the host of the podcast, so you take the bite. No, I blame the Iron Chief. Uh-huh. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we've got quite a bit of stuff to, to talk about today because uh, we were, a bunch of us were out at some really great conventions last week. Uh, we had Brendan out at QuakeCon. In Dallas, Texas. Yeah, mm-hmm. in glorious Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, Brendan and I were in uh, Köln, Germany for Gamescom. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So uh, we'll give... Fill the floor to get started with some movie news. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Well, yeah. I guess the first um, thing worth mentioning is that um, uh, not like just barely over a month after uh, George Romero passed, we lost another one of the great all-time great horror directors in Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. Made uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist yeah. and uh, Life Force, which is amazing. If you've never seen that. I've and, actually uh, that one. Oh, it's great. It's about. Um, uh, a alien uh, space vampire who's a naked woman and sucks the souls out of men. Oh, it's great. I can dig it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and uh, Invaders from Mars and uh, Salem's Lot. He was a, a, Salem's Lot, really? Yeah, yeah, the, the original TV miniseries. <clears throat> He's an incredibly uh, talented and influential guy. Um, he had uh, a lot of personal demons and uh, a real, ba- like basically all the movies I just mentioned um, – he made between uh, 1974 and 1986. All of them were great. And yeah. after that, uh, his career was troubled at best. But, um, you know, it was you know, like so, so many of like modern horror movies just yeah. wouldn't exist without Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and the work he did. And it's uh, it's very sad. Um, it had been a, wa- a long time since he made a movie. The last movie he made was actually a Bollywood horror movie. Um, that didn't get released in North America. A Bollywood so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So he had a bit of a fall from grace, but um, he is a fascinating guy, and it's, it's sad to see him go. I was always hoping that he was going to make one more great movie, but It's been a hard year for directors. Yeah, it? it has. They've been going left and right, all my favorites. So They, were, they weren't young. None of these people were no. young. Well, no, and, and Toby Hooper in particular had done a lot of things in his life that should have <laughs> killed him before now. But, and led a rough lifestyle, did he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um anyway uh it was, just, it was just sad he'll he'll be missed but you know those movies will last forever and he damn he made some great ones and mm-hmm. i did a little write-up on him on the website if you want to check that out and uh i promise that it's not sad it's actually not like, sad it's a good pretty time. great it's actually a good time for everybody if you like chainsaw murders next up um here's a funny little news story um some of these are it was kind of a slow news week so some of these are because I wasn't here last week, but yeah. this was a fun one I enjoyed where, um, I guess, I didn't stay through the end credits in Pirates of the Caribbean 5, but apparently at the very end there was a little teaser revealing that Davy Jones, the villain of the first two sequels, is wasn't returning. He yeah. He's, they, he, he melted, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, totally, but there was a little posting where he's apparently knocked dead and will be back in the next didn't movie. did he, like, melt? Like, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. But the 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 reason I bring it up is it it was it was a surprise. Um, it was a surprise too? to me. No, she was in five. Oh, was she in five? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the they whole ga- the whole gang's back together for the fifth one. <laughs> but the but the fun thing um, with Dave with Davy Jones to would potentially be in the sixth one is that uh, the per- the person who was most surprised. Uh, was Bill Nighy who played uh, David Jones? <laughs> who he revealed in an interview the other week. He the reason they did they did not contact him about him because they didn't use his voice. It was right. just the CGI face, um, and they, so they owe no likeness rights to him. But he found out because he was in a cab, and the cab driver said, "So you're doing the next one, huh?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he was like, "Well, there you were in it." And he was like, "What?" So that's how he found out. And he says he's game, but I just thought it was <laughs> no one checked. Just a great story. Yeah, no one asked, no one told him. The movie came out and left theaters. What if he, he said found no? Out. Um, I mean, like, I, I, 
you know, it's a CGI character. They could just get an impressionist, I guess, yeah. if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the likeness stuff is mostly based on uh, like visual likeness. Yeah. There's no. They like, seem like fun, kind of easy movies for an actor, right? Oh yeah, so no, like why wouldn't? You? Oh for sure, I don't think he cares, and I don't think like he's getting paid as much to do. Yeah, with, like you know, small British comedies. No, as, <laughs> as, as like a pirates movie. So I don't. Wasn't think he in? He, isn't he in the? Um, one of those bad movies with vampires. Oh, Underworld. Yes, isn't he in the Underworld series? Well, yeah, but there, again, there's not as much money in being in an Underworld prequel as there is in being a Vampire's movie. It's just a reality of That's the industry. Fair. Okay, you're valid argument. Yeah, but that was just a great story. And then also next week, there was a weird one where they announced not one, but two Joker movies. Mm, um, yeah, currently in development. One of them I'm not excited about, which is. Uh, prequel to Suicide Squad with uh, Harley Quinn. So you find out how he lost his with, teeth? Yeah, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and, and Jared Leto's Joker. Let's see what got those awesome tattoos. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I'm not into just purely because I didn't like what they did with those characters. Yeah. Now, it's possible with it being a prequel that could be pre-tattoo. They won't have any tattoos. So it looks but like a, like but I guess Joker. in the flashback, they showed that when they met, they had tattoos. So that's not true. <laughs> anyway, I hope it doesn't happen. I, I kind of want them to start like, I'm going to get tattoos today. I know, What right? are the stupidest things I know. It could end with that. That'd be good. Um, but I'm not into that. But what I am into, just because it's so weird, is that they're working. I guess um, DC movies have finally um, done what I've been whining about yeah. on this podcast for ages, and they've decided that rather than focusing on trying to create a universe like Marvel, yeah. they'll just make standalone movies with the characters. A lot characters. of Elseworlds kind of stuff. Totally, yeah. yeah. Which I think is a smart way to do yeah, it. Maybe we'll get Red Sun someday. Who knows? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd watch Red Sun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Which is a smart way to do it. And uh, one of the first projects they're developing with that is a uh, Joker origin story which is going to be set in the 70s and is being produced by Martin Scorsese. Okay, And sure. is being directed by Todd Phillips. Again, sure. Um, and it's just such a weird combination of talents. And they said it will be rated R. Um, that, I don't know, I have a very good feeling about that. I'm that is a fine line, though, because like, the whole you know mythos of the Joker is built around his ambiguous kind of origins. This is true. So laying it down kind of in canon would oh, be... Oh, for sure. Well, I guess that's the nice thing about it, though, is that oh, it's not It canon, doesn't right? have to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. It just be a little standalone version. And there's just something weird about the the idea of, like, Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese sitting in a room talking about the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just watched that, to be honest with you. I mean, I think they should take the same method as they're doing with um, their animated series. Just take... Good, good stories from the comics and just make the movies. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm. It seems that they're pushing that way. Yeah. I mean, certainly, like, like Justice League. We were just talking about before the podcast. Yeah. Like Justice League is coming out, which is like it boggles the mind since they seem to still be reshooting stuff every day. Yeah. So and that thing comes out in like two months. Totally. And I've got a feeling it's not going to do well. Oh. And so I think that it's smart. You know, for maybe, them it's to, be, maybe it's going to maybe it's going to blow us all away, and we're just going to like that was the best. Superhero movie hey, ever. you know, anything's possible, right? And Warner Brothers have deep pockets. They <laughs> yeah. just keep dumping totally, money. Totally, yeah. But I do like that they're moving in this direction. And I'm very intrigued with this Joker thing. It could yeah. end up being a total disaster, but... But even then, it'd be a fun disaster to watch. Oh, totally, right? yeah. Fascinating. So, anyway, hmm. that's a thing. Um, next up... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Martin Lawrence has uh, uh, re revealed that Bad Boys 3... AKA Bad Boys for Life, which it seemed weird to me that they would not wait to do that title for the fourth one. Yeah. That makes more sense, right? For, for life. life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 exactly. But anyway, it was going to be the third one. Maybe they lost count. But <laughs> um, they, he said that it's probably not going to happen. And the reason is that uh, Will Smith dropped out of the third one to do Aladdin. And I guess he keeps doing that. He keeps like stringing them along and then like <laughs> going for a bigger paycheck elsewhere. And to be fair, uh, I don't blame him. Oh, yeah. I guess no, Martin Lawrence doesn't really have that option. Well, that's the thing. He's probably yeah. just sitting there waiting. Like, yeah, are we well, going to do thing. it now? Well, that's the thing. In the interview, unsurprisingly, Martin Lawrence was like, I'm ready to do it. We can do it anytime. Yeah. So he's, he's gung ho. But um, yeah, yeah it, it certainly sounds like. He can push aside all those other projects. Yeah, yeah. Right exactly. Yeah. And it certainly Black sounds Black Knight, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sequel we've been waiting years for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to find out if he gets out of medieval times <laughs> i know he gets there but does he get home um so yeah so no um, bad boys three certainly probably. doesn't sound like it yeah. yeah like i figured when uh joe carnahan dropped out of it to make a remake of the raid a while ago i figured that was probably a bad sign yeah. Mm -hmm. um and yeah and especially the fact that uh, will smith wanted to do aladdin and said it's such a weird choice yeah but you know no one's looking forward to that totally but no that one. wacky scientologist you know yeah. Is he no one can predict oh yeah uh -huh. 
Obviously. I would explain his. Look how much money he makes. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, well, his kids. It's, it's, if you've been anxiously awaiting Bad Boys Three, no, sad has news. Has anyone? Probably not going to happen. I have one Martin friend Lawrence. who would absolutely. <laughs> Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, next up this is a weird one. Um, Nickelodeon is going to reboot. You can't do that on television. Well, that's exciting. What? Yeah. That's, yeah. Is Alanis Morissette going to be on this one too? I mean, we can only hope. Oh. Yeah. So you can tell the age of the people doing the podcast that everybody's excited about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they yeah. don't need to make that. I know it's a weird one. I guess and they wanted to make it like a cross media platform nope. where kids can like interact with nope. it. The only what? Thing, yeah, I know. How? I have no idea. Twitter. But they, they did promise that it would be slime. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. home slime yeah. button. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and that like a Snapchat awful. filter where you can slime yourself. These sorts of things. Um, Everything about this sounds like Actually, the that worst. latter idea yeah. is that's a million-dollar idea right I mean, there. yeah, they would definitely get plenty of attention with that. They don't need to do that. Yeah. No. Well, it's happening, Brennan. You don't have to watch it. I feel it vote ex- with your wallet, Brendan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel it existing makes me angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of things that exist that make me angry. Absolutely. <laughs> and then finally, um, just because it was kind of like an interesting situation, uh, Ed uh, Screen, uh, who was cast in the uh, new Hellboy movie, um, he plays a character who. I mean, I'd never heard of the character, but I guess the character has, like, Asian heritage. And people he's half Japanese. Yeah, half Japanese, and, and people were complaining about whitewashing, and then he, this week, uh, dropped out of the role specifically to try and further yeah. the cause and let another actor uh, be cast, and it was just kind of, like, a nice moment a, that someone did that, a, yeah. And he just put a statement out on Twitter, and it was like, wow. Yeah. I think, like, really even just career-wise for him, that was a brilliant move, yeah. because yeah. I didn't even really know who this guy was, except he was the bad guy in Deadpool, yeah, and now him, yeah. everybody's yeah. raving about, like, yeah, what yeah. a noble thing he yeah. did, and good for him, for sure. and blah, 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 yeah. so. Yeah. It was a really classy move, because, like, yeah. the, he w- it was not going to work out well for him if he did that role. People no. were just going to be angry no matter what, so to do this, I think it I mean, should it, open it, doors. People would have just boycotted angry at him so by him doing something that probably better for his career in the first place everyone loves him now yeah so. totally so it wouldn't have helped his career being in that role no probably no it's no. worth the pay cut that yeah. i think he got all this public attention exactly, for being yeah. a decent human for yeah. sure for yeah, sure so. so it was a nice little thing um and yeah that's that wow cool that's it for news um, Tell us about the movies you saw. Sure. We should um, also probably talk about um, Death Note a little bit. Cause you were, we did oh, sure. Yeah. Well, why don't you carry this? Because you're a bigger Death Note fan than I. Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we want to hear your opinion as well. But, well, sure. Yeah. But Well, why don't you start us off? Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone knows uh, the Death Note movie that we originally at Warner. Hold on. Hold yes. On. Are there going to be spoilers? I can already see Brendan. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil this. Okay, okay, yeah. Right. I, I just started the anime because I want to watch the movie and see what all the talk is about. Gotcha. So. gotcha. You know what? Watch the movie separately from the anime is all I'm going to say. Well, that's yeah. what you're saying, but I want to do them like yeah. you know individually. Don't I'd watch the movie first. Well, it's too late. I'm okay, like 17 right, well. episodes <laughs> deep. <laughs> oh, committed at this point. Yeah, oh, when are you in for a ride? Okay, go on. So, it's had kind of a troubled past at this point. Uh, so Warner dropped it at some point. Yeah, and then Netflix picked it up. Yep, it was independent. Wasn't it independent at one point too? It was Warner's put it into turnaround, which basically means like if the filmmakers can get another studio yeah. to give Warner Brothers the money back that they'd spent on developing yeah. the script, then they would own it and could do their own thing yeah. with it. And Netflix ended up being the one to do that. Okay. Yeah. So um, it follows the main character Light. I forget his last name in the movie. Yagami. Mm-hmm. In the oh, movie. in the movie. That's right, because yeah. he's a white guy now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the titular uh, demon, uh, Shinigami uh, mm-hmm. Ryuk, mm-hmm. and uh, a Death Note, where everything you write in the Death Note um, will uh, happen. Provided that it involves murder. Or death. Yeah. Of some type. Yeah. Um, so people were a little upset with the concept of this movie, the fact that it was all whitewashed. Mm, I moved don't, to America. I honestly don't think that was the problem with the movie. Yeah. Well, and it was also weird to me that people would complain about that when, like, an anime exists yeah. and a live-action movie yeah. series. Yeah, like, and the guy know. who made it said, he's like, this is Death Note, but in America. <coughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, it's supposed to have... I mean, if it was all Japanese totally, yeah. American base, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if the creator's cool with it, then, like, everybody yeah. should shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do think... I think there was actually some good racial choices in the in the casting for the movie. I yep. think the character of Al was a great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that was um, I think that was one of the better actors in the entire movie. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. I think Willem Dafoe was great. I yeah. think the two leads 
were they were pretty bland. They were really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was the thing I found uh, I thought was interesting was like um, I could tell watching it that it had been a studio script that had been through the mill because they they were just so watered down and generic and their goals were so basic that like it just surprised me that when they moved to Netflix and had total freedom they Mm. didn't change any of that. Um, They might have upped the gore a bit. Yeah. I don't know, having a really bland set of main characters for this sort of platform mm. was not necessarily detrimental to the whole thing. Because yeah. mm. there was enough going on. You didn't need to delve. Yeah, they were, I didn't care about their stories. I no, really didn't. Not. I wanted to know what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care about them as people. Yeah, yeah. It was more the motivations than anything. For sure. And as so, like a set piece delivery system, I thought it was yeah. fun. Like I thought all the, all the deaths were really well done. I've heard a lot of Final Destination <clears throat> comparisons. Yeah, totally. Yeah, They're yeah. like Rube Goldberg type accidents big death accidents yeah and i thought uh ryuk was yeah. fantastic and ryuk was i wanted yeah. more of him yeah he was totally. hidden in shadows a lot yeah there's yeah, not yeah, enough yeah. but when you yeah. did see him he looked good and he had yeah. like willem dafoe was he still kind of goofy and like he was more like psychotic okay yeah. um it was it's a big leap away from the ryuk yeah, the, in the anime ryuk yeah. Okay. Yeah. the anime is just kind of a weird quirky dude yeah yeah bored. exactly he was yeah, willem yeah. dafoe yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was, he was kind of like the Green Goblin. Yeah, the Green Goblin was a demon thing. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like kind of like a prankster vibe yeah. to him, yeah. is as far as it got. Like, but yeah, I like the way that it was that they handled him, where like it was clearly like a, a very faithful yeah. version of that card, like that anime yeah. cartoon look, but at the same time was in shadow, so it wasn't too distracting. Yeah. Like you never quite saw it, but you could tell. Yeah, I thought that was really well handled. I think that was fine. I yeah. think the like the only thing I thought was problematic was the ending was a little rushed. Yeah, the motivations, as you said, seemed really watered down. Yeah, didn't e- really make sense. Yeah, everything felt pretty rushed. Yeah. Like I, I like I feel I, that movie it was like a I guess swift hour and a half. Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I guess yeah. if you're condensing all that material into ninety but, minutes, but, but, yeah, but there were a few where it was really blatant where it's just like and now we're moving on oh, okay. it, was, it was very there's uh, a few like L who's like a great detective in the uh, universe mm. well just, don't spoil I'm not gonna spoil okay. comes to conclusions at the drop of a hat where yeah. really he like even oh they don't show how he came to the conclusions like, just like oh I know no yeah. there's a little bit of exposition there's it's it's a lot of tell not show yeah. kind like, of mm-hmm. thing well clearly this is why I'm like that doesn't make sense so, like there's lots of reasons this could happen your reason is just one of many possible reasons. Yeah. But it's the reason. Yeah. yeah. And he like will not falter from that reason. He's like, nope, that's the answer now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a little... Yeah, it felt very sped up for like ADD type yeah. entertainment, which I thought was totally fun. Yeah, it was yeah. just empty, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. It was very vapid. Yeah. But it was like a good, goofy, gory time. To be honest, if they call his Final Destination Death Note crossover, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I like all the 80s power ballads. Yeah. yeah. For I no thought, reason. Yeah, totally. I Everything thought, is better with 80s power ballads. Oh, for ballads. sure, yeah. I thought, like, stylistically, it was very well done. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that Adam Wingard, who directed it and had only previously done, like, indie horror movies, like, okay. their next... Um, he's doing Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me that he, like, showed the studio this, and they were like, oh, yeah, no, you can do a big yeah. blockbuster. I mean, I, I don't think it was bad. I, I, yeah, I think people fun. were far more harsh on it than I was. Mm. I thought it was just kind of there. Yeah, which I get why people were so harsh, because, like, if you're a fan of Death Note, yeah. then you've probably read ten books yeah. and, uh, like, a, yeah. a, a few dozen hours of a TV series. No, it's and only, I think it's only 48, 48 episodes. So 48, like, yeah. yeah. But that's still like there's two seasons. In this so that's still thing. that's still be 24 hours. So yeah. That's still yeah. a yeah. couple. Yeah. Okay. I did. I, it's still. Yeah. No. No. Because each one's only like 20 minutes long. Okay. So well, anyway. Anyway, I just mean like you put all those hours yeah, in there, and then the three movies, yeah. and I can understand being like so attached to it oh, yeah. that anything any changes would bother you i came in fairly cold you lent me that manga so i yeah. like looked at that so i had some sense of how it sunk up and i like read and yeah. watched clips and that sort of thing and i could tell that like those other ones were probably slicker and yeah. made more sense i mean i don't think they were slicker they were made with a japanese budget so yeah, yeah. smaller budget movies right that being said it was still this one had a bigger budget but i think those ones were far more faithful to the source material. yeah totally um, and so coming in cold as I did, I certainly had problems with them and a lot of yeah. them are the same problems that you guys had, but it's just like trashy entertainment. Yeah, I had it, a good it time. It's fine. It's good. It, trashy it's fun. It's also really quick. So you can like watch it. And, oh, totally. And yeah. it's forgettable. Like yeah. you watch it like, none of that made sense. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was yeah, cute. Yeah. So yeah, not a horrible disaster, but not, yeah, a, a, just not a was. discredited movie yeah. either. If it was a VOD movie, like straight to like video. Mm. Like, it would be a movie that was straight to video in the 90s. Yeah. Like, you're like, that happened. Yeah, totally. 
So, yeah, there was that. Um, and then this week, unfortunately, uh, with it being <clears throat> Labor Day weekend, uh, there's essentially nothing coming out. So the movie that I wrote about is a little Canadian horror movie okay. that's been released called Blood Honey. And it is, it, uh, it starts out like the brand of like indie Canadian drama film that I hate where uh, a... Uh, a dysfunctional separated family comes together in a cabin in the woods and lets all their feelings spill out on each other. Sounds thrilling. I know, yeah, which I don't love. But then, fortunately, but then fortunately became a horror movie. Um, so yeah, uh, Shanae Grimes Beach stars at the as this young woman who uh, returns to her family home that she's uh, ran away from when she was younger, both because of the family's dysfunction and because she saw her mother commit suicide as a young girl. Um, and then uh, immediately everyone starts sniping at each other, and then her uh, father kills himself in front of her by allowing the bees from their bee farm to sting him to death, which was a weird scene. A little and, bit of a uh, Wicker Man kind yeah. of action. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, and then after that, she starts being haunted by all these visions of the past and potential ghosts and da-da-da-da-da, what's going to happen next. And thought for for what I was trying to do is kind of contained, claustrophobic uh, you know, movie about trauma, but also, um, you know, using ghosts and haunting as, as a metaphor of that trauma. It was, it was fairly well done. It was very well shot. Um, there were some, some of the nightmare sequences were fantastic. The, uh, the twist towards the end were, uh, a bit weird, but interesting. And, um, as far, and, and, more, but more than anything else, I was just, uh, nice to see, um, a Canadian movie that was a genre movie, because mm. I find too often our output of movies are, self-important I mean uh, Canada's known for a genre yeah but it's been a long time like we say that but like it, like Cronenberg was that was a long time ago we had like Black Christmas and yeah from the 70s wasn't Prom Night Canadian yeah, yeah. In, in the early 80s yeah, yeah yeah like that's the thing like there was a time for sure and there was a great time but and it's been a, a long time a lot of self-serious like yeah. dramas and totally yeah and French dramas totally um, and yeah there was like Hobo with the shotgun oh, yeah. but that didn't light the world on fire unfortunately no. um they small Those yeah small movies totally so it was just nice to see that and and but that type of movie was getting a platform um so yeah if you are one of our canadian listeners mm-hmm. and uh you want to support canadian cinema it's getting a, a fairly wide push this weekend just because there's nothing else opening so it's uh, with a small window to do it and uh yeah it was it was fairly well done um and yeah so there's that blood nice. honey um, it's pretty good. Go see it, I guess. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Raving endorsement. Yeah, and then um, I also we can just talk quickly about um, I uh, rewatched the TV movie It last week yeah, yeah. for an article with because the new one's coming out, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's interesting how it's kind of become a revered classic from yeah. like sleepovers, mm-hmm. but. It is very much a cheap TV movie yeah. from okay, the 90s. Okay, we have to stop you for a second there, because yeah. you blew us all yeah. away yeah, yeah, with yeah. the fact yeah, that it was a TV movie, because <laughs> yeah, we all remember it as an actual movie. Well, yeah, everyone remembers that way, because everyone rented it. Yeah. And like, there's a reason why it's iconic, and it's because Tim Curry's Pennywise mm. is fantastic, yeah. mm-hmm. and a handful of his scenes are great. And I think most people that watched when they were kids, it was a double tape. I think most people just watched the first half when they were yeah. kids, and either never watched the second half or fell asleep <laughs> because it was so long. And then, it was long. Yeah. yeah, it's like three hours total with the two. Yeah. So the first half is well done, but it is also limited by the budget scope yeah. and like what and content restrictions of mm-hmm. '90s television. So it is basically like, like probably the best episode of Goosebumps or You Are Farther Than Dark. Right. Which is both an insult and praise. It's the best one. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but if you're like nine years old. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's interesting that um, it has the impact it's had on our generation because it is a story about. Uh, childhood fear and trauma and the way that comes back to you when you're older so I think everyone the, the reason that movie is iconic is everyone got scarred of it yeah. scarred by it when they saw it at the right age but if they were to go back and look at it when they were adults they'd realize it's not that well, bad well and I've heard that there was no real recorded cases of like clown phobia being a big thing mm-hmm. until Poltergeist and It oh that's interesting became, yeah, yeah like nobody really cared about clowns yeah, one way yeah. or the other and now you know you talk to anybody our age and like clowns is always like a top five yeah. oh absolutely that's so funny I could see how that that became that that's the case yeah I actually um, I uh I, w- I watched it with my uh, girlfriend who was traumatized by it, and it took, like, weeks for me to build mm-hmm. her up and be like, no, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Um, and then, yeah, we watched it. And, it was no and now she's yeah, just like, no problem. whatever, right? Yeah, no yeah. problem whatsoever. So I Confront feel, your fears. Go exactly. watch it. Exactly. It'll be good. And then um, 
Um, and then adding to that slightly, um, I did see a new horror movie this week that I'm embargoed on, and I'm not allowed to talk about it, so I won't talk about it. <laughs> but in theory, I could say that it is possibly a fantastic horror movie, <laughs> and it could have been one of the best horror, like Hollywood horror movies I've seen in years along with Get Out. Um, it sounds very good. and it Yeah, and it could be a great adaptation, <laughs> and it could be what people want that TV movie to be. But again, I can't talk about it, okay. so I'm I not going to yeah. talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a great time to hear from our sponsors uh, at Puns, at Puns, at Puns <laughs> Podcast Network and Comic Bento. We'll be right back. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always five dollars short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short? You say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Thanks, Buns Podcast Network, and uh, also Comic Bento. So, uh, Network. you know what? I think that's a great new spinoff for you, Buns. Mm. Uh, you guys can do the Puns Network, mm-hmm. and uh, is that all Puns podcast? All so puns, just has all the time. Pun, just talking puns. Just just puns, and mm-hmm. people sounds, can trade puns. That sounds like the worst. Thing great. I've ever heard of. I hate everything about this. You know what? <laughs> Hire me. I'm great at puns. <laughs> Are you really? No. <laughs> They're your favorite thing, right? Oh, absolutely. I do love them. I hate them. I like other people doing puns. I like I, Jordan and every single one of his articles. Oh, so quick. Sure, I know. He always tries to squeeze one in. And I love how no matter what, every week in our podcast, we find some way to bring Jordan, Jordan. into it <laughs> in a positive way. Yeah. Which means we probably have to get Jordan back on the podcast for a little bit. We should, but then it'd just be me and him yelling at each other for like two I hours. I am Most likely, totally yeah. fine giving you guys the reins, <laughs> letting you guys hash out, because I think that would be a blast. Like, hey, Jordan, Nintendo sucks. And then just 45 <laughs> minutes it. of screaming Italian rage. <laughs> he does have that in spades. Yeah. <laughs> so, getting back on topic, let's uh, let's hear about QuakeCon. Well, yeah, think? so um, it was my first convention, mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of neat, and... I didn't go into it expecting anything, which I think was kind of cool. So I thought it was great. It might have been terrible. Who knows? I have nothing to compare it to. But I had an awesome time. How big is it? Like, how many people were there? Oh, I want to say... Um, Tim Willits told me the number, actually. It's in my interview, which is okay. on the website. You guys should check out. I want to say, like, 15,000, but it's maybe a, it's more. A, it's a big con. Yeah, but it started with, like, just a bunch, like, 30 dudes playing Quake with yeah. each other and writing their scores on a piece of paper. So it's <laughs> definitely grown in yeah. 20 years. No kidding, yeah. Uh, watched a 19-year-old kid win, I think he won $125,000. I'd want that. That's American. Yeah, American. But then everybody was joking that because he was foreign that he would get taxed most of it before he left the country. So he if would. anything, he yeah. would end up with That's a like bill what? to pay yeah. on his way out. <laughs> and I got to play a couple new games. So The Evil Within 2. Um, hadn't played the first game. Um, enjoyed what I played of the second game. Mm-hmm. Very much, though, felt like um, Resident Evil with just slightly different vibe going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I brought that up to the director, and he wasn't feeling that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't he, he, the original director worked on Resident Evil. I think that may have been why he was just like, no, like this is different. No, like, no, oh, no. I mean, it's kind of this. Anyway, <laughs> um, and got to play Dishonored Death of the Outsider, yeah. not Dishonored 3. Um, also did an interview with the creative director for that. Game. Super nice guy. Yeah, it is, but it's like the th- the finishing of the arc of the story. Okay. okay. So do they do they do they succeed? Do they kill the outsider? I don't know. Okay. I only got to play um, one level. And but what I liked about this um, from a design standpoint is that they really reined in the powers so that they could 
create a lot more in-game moments mm -hmm. specifically based around those rather than getting to a point and being like, well, the player could have one of 20 different abilities here, yeah. so what are we going to do? Um, but yeah, if you like Dishonored, definitely check it out. It was fun. But the highlight for me was uh, Wolfenstein 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it looked stunning, obviously. Um, shooting Nazis in the face never gets old. No. Nope. And the demo I played opened with a Nazi soldier yelling at two KKK guys for not practicing their German. Okay. Which I was immediately like, okay, well, I'm sold. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> and you get to ride a rocket train into Roswell while fighting Nazi dogs and robots. As you do. As you do. Has been made in Sweden? I think so. I should know that. It's Sweden or Norway. I think Sweden, though. I'm yeah, pretty sure we, right. yeah, we looked into that. Um, so very, very cool. I walked away really impressed by that. I don't know if it's going to play the same on PlayStation 4, but I was told, not verified, but told it'll be 1080p and 60 frames a second. Ooh, is that on Pro or just regular PS4? Um, I'm assuming, the way I asked, just regular PS4, and uh, the director was like, well, that's more of like a technical thing, but I think okay. 1080p and 60. Um, so that's the hope. That's the hope. Okay. But yeah, other than that, like it, it's it's more of what they did yeah. uh, with the first game, which was rad. So neat, cool. cool. Yeah. So you had a good time. I had a very good time. Yeah. yeah. Although the one thing that I will do next time that I regretted is there was a press mix for the first night, which was two hours long, and I didn't realize it was an open bar <laughs> until it was almost over. <laughs> So I kind of, I nursed the same beer for like an hour talking to people. <laughs> so next time I go, I'm getting there right at the opening and hitting the bar right away. Did you away. make up for that for one of the other open bars? Uh, the second night I did. Yeah, I showed up actually before the bartenders were there. Just kind of <laughs> like, like lurking. <laughs> I felt like Barney waiting in front of Moe's Tavern for like the doors to open. And it was all in one hotel? It's like you just... Oh, it's, yeah, it's this huge complex. Okay. So it's like a big convention center and a hotel and there's a and giant you was staying in the hotel yeah giant atrium in the middle with like a river running through and oh, it's neat. all open and oh and yeah i didn't get touched by the hurricane which yeah my mom kept texting me asking me if i was okay <laughs> mm -hmm. i was like well i'll let you know <laughs> i'm still fine yeah as i like the sun was shining and i was sitting by the pool <laughs> i mean working really really hard yeah, <laughs> yeah with my laptop you know writing stuff about video games yeah, yeah of course mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah um well, I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't get rained on. So I'm am I. I'm glad you had a good time. And, yeah, didn't get shot either, which is cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. Good old open carry red state. Did you see a lot? Of guns? Of no, guns? I didn't no? see any. Oh, no. Okay, and well, I even went out drinking in Dallas, and it was, like, so much more progressive than I thought. Well, uh, Dallas is more progressive of the states. I was told that, like, the, uh, uh, the, cities the city centers are, you know, it's like a big city, and yeah. Yeah. people yeah. are naturally going to be more that well. way. Yeah, Austin's but, particularly. Yeah. I did meet one, he's probably about 25, like so drunk he could barely talk, redneck, Trump supporting, true yeah. blue American boy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, he was hilarious. Yeah. Did you guys engage in conversation? Uh, he was like, anytime I brought, he was too drunk to understand. He just, this is my Canadian friend. And I'm like, well, friend's a bit of a stretch. You're more of like, you're an interesting novelty for me yeah, yeah, that I'll yeah. tell everybody but back home about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I met him in the men's room. Like, we were peeing side by side, and he just started chatting to me. So I was like, all right. That's well, that Southern hospitality. Is, for yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, uh, <clears throat> yeah, my, gr my uh, girlfriend li lived in Dallas for a year, and she told me um, one day she like went to her office first thing in the morning was having she had like a meeting with her boss every morning in the middle of the meeting her boss was like oh crap and like got up and ran out and and she was like what's going on and then he like came back later was like sorry sorry we'll talk about it and she was like well what happened and he was like oh, i just left my gun on i normally put it in the car when i'm in the office <laughs> just you know one of those so he like every morning got up strapped his gun on drove to work but left it in the glove box <laughs> finished work got back in strapped that gun back the, on just leave it in the glove box well, you, you want to have, have it with you, man. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what if something happens? Yeah, yeah, From yeah. your house to your car? That's right. You don't know. Yeah. Oh, and I met a, uh, a flat earther, a sincere, oh, bizarre. fully like believes in it, flat earth theorist. Um, so he was like, no, it was flat. No, no it's not. No, it was mm -hmm. more like, yeah, but have you thought about like, I'm like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, anybody with half a brain <laughs> has thought about all these things you're talking about mm -hmm. and come to the conclusion that no, you're, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, we've seen it from space. Like, you, yeah, there are mm -hmm. pictures. You actually I mean, see the curvature of the Earth if you just look far. I've been mm -hmm. high enough in the mountains where I can see them. Yeah, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah. you know, that's just a trick of the government. Yeah, you, definitely. Clearly, yeah, all the governments together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. together. 
<laughs> so yeah, Texas was rad. Had a really good time. QuakeCon was awesome, and only met two crazy lunatics. I really want to know what do they think is on the edge of the Earth? Do they still think the sea monsters? Um, I think this guy's thing was it's a big ring of ice that you can't get past, like a big, <laughs> infinitely tall wall of ice that you can't get past. Oh, okay, um, but also. You can't reach it because <laughs> the government controls all the instruments on board ships and planes right, so that right, you'll right, constantly right. get lost trying to find the edge. That makes sense. That <laughs> Which, makes I mean, sense. let's be honest, guys, that's a sound theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that checks that, out. That, that explains ever so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jeepers. That's amazing. That's, that's a thing. So how was Germany, guys? Yeah, we're yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about Germany. Brendan, do you want to get started? Because you yeah. were a judge at Gamescom this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. That was a weird so, thing. Yeah. It was um, pretty cool. <laughs> he did an amazing job, by the way. Did a great speech. He did a really <laughs> good loved speech. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My two-line speech. So what else about me? Mm-hmm. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, so games. If you haven't seen Gamescom, which I'm, we, I know we have some listeners in Germany, so you probably have. But for everyone that has not been to Gamescom, it is possibly the biggest convention on earth. It is massive. It makes any other convention look teeny tiny. I think Tokyo Game Show is they're close. One's bigger than the other. I'm not sure which one's bigger. There was what 350,000 yeah. people or something yeah, along they, those they lines, broke which is records this year. Yeah, 350,000 people over the course of uh, the five days that yeah. it was on. Crazy. Six days, yeah. five days, five days. Five days yeah. yeah. Um, Take that, mom. Video games are popular. <laughs> uh, the convention center itself. So everyone in Canada thinks Fan Expo's kind of okay. Fan Expo's like literally, and I'm not meaning this figuratively, I mean literally. Mm. Um, Gamescom is about 10 of those together. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And I got to say something though. Even though it had that many people, it was so well run and so yeah. well organized. I never once felt uncomfortable. The Germans are known for their was, cleverness and yeah, efficiency. True, I've been to true. so many cons before and I've always felt, you know, I was I was ready for like, the showroom floor and to like be shoulder to shoulder yeah. with all mm-hmm. sorts of people. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I went on in on the floor on Saturday. It was the only time I got to the floor and I could still like actually move around comfortably. I, I no Friday. We won't, didn't go on Saturday. Oh, Friday. Yeah. Okay. Friday, whatever it was. It was a very long week, but anyway, yeah, no, I moved around really comfortably. There was space. People were chill. They were really like excited to mm. be there. And there wasn't any of this like pushing and shoving and yeah. people were, organized it was great it was really a great event but anyway uh so okay go on i didn't mean to interrupt (laughs) you (laughs) as you pick up your phone derailed his train of thought (laughs) um so games comes interesting because it actually does show a lot of focus to pc games more than uh, e3 does Mm -hmm. like there were small games at e3 that might have had a small mini booth at gamescom they have a massive booth with a tractor there or full, like, massive widescreen showing, like, tournaments going on. There was an entire, bo- uh, like, booth uh, for Total War Arena where it was just, like, a small part of the Sega booth at um, E3. So every game there had a presence. And that's something you can't really see at any other con. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, they had games different. They had, simil- they had different builds than what you saw at E3, but probably similar builds what you saw. So... Bethesda was there. I'm sure they had the same build that yeah. QuakeCon had. Uh, but it did give... So it was kind of the same basic builds you get at PAX and QuakeCon, but it gives you something different than you get at E3. Uh, the thing about Gamescom is the the crowds and the, the passion people bring to these games. Uh, so at Gamescom, if you got there at the beginning morning, some of the games had 12-hour lines. Basically, you sat there the entire day, wow. and you got to play that one game. And people were totally into that. They're yeah. like, "Yep, I'm I'm just here this for this game. This is what game. I'm doing today. I'm gonna wait." They sat, they, they chilled. And some booths were giving away like cardboard chairs. Really? Yeah. Yes. So you could just like sit there in like, line. Nobody was grumpy and pushing people out of the way to get to things. Everyone was super patient about the whole thing because, like, part of that was the fact that it was built uh, very comfortably. So, like. Mm. You had room in the aisles. They they like where you were to line up mm-hmm. uh, to play the games. Um, I've been to other ones where there was no space yeah. for people to actually stand. You were just wrapped around the booth. They actually had a dedicated space. Yeah, they made sure um, that every booth had a waiting area. So yeah. it wasn't just you were like waiting in the lines and the ushers would be like, move along. Yeah. And there was space to actually sit down, not yeah. like crammed person to person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and another thing that they did really well, and you kind of touched on this, was the fact that there wasn't 20 million booths 
crammed into one hall room. There was like, for example, Blizzard and was it Ubisoft maybe? Ubisoft Blizzard had basically one entire hall. No, they had half a hall. Yeah. And another, uh, I can't remember which one. I want to say. Was it Activision? No, it might have been Sony. Maybe it was Sony. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There were two major AAA publishers that had that shared a hall, and they only had like the one booth each. Mm -hmm. So there was plenty of space for people to go and try all yeah. the different things instead of just line up in one space and hope to get to something. Oh, that's cool. So and they, also, really they also had a lot of other things surrounding Gamescom. Like yeah. They had a lot of like little events surrounding it. They had a city-wide festival that we had like concerts going on. and Oh, like running yeah. at the same time. And it was the Gamescom festival, the city festival. So basically you could go... So if you, let's say you well, that must be a huge draw for the oh, city. Yeah, it must too, be. Oh, yeah, right? basically yeah. it takes over the city. So, like, we were just like wandering the city after we finished games, and we discovered like the city festival, and there was like vendors outside and street vendors selling like pretzels and. That sounds awesome. And, and then they had like this massive stage for a concert that was going to go on that night. So they. Oh, didn't you guys see Sabaton play? Oh yeah, yeah, we did. We went to a, an event uh, done by uh, Wargaming. And of we got course. To see, yeah, it was, it was yeah. so great. <laughs> so great. It was I, I lived the dream there of seeing a metal band in Germany. And it was great. The, <laughs> the thing is, the fans there really do love these companies. Like they put a lot of mm -hmm. love and passion towards each one of these games. So, like the companies didn't throw events like they would E3, was where it's all this insider stuff. They wanted to include as many people as possible. So oh, that's the, that's good. The wargaming party, you basically just signed up on a form and they just, they just drew people at random who would get to go. And I think it was like two thousand of their fans got to go to this party. That's nice. Rather than making it like behind a velvet rope for no, no. And yeah. everyone yeah. just as long as you had a as long as you had a little uh, email thing, you could just walk in and they had um, free drink and like min nominally priced food, so it wasn't all that expensive. I think the pretzels were like three euro and mm -hmm. the worst was like uh, the curry worst there was like four twenty five. None of it was overly gougy. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice because you think whenever you have it, those kind of things, they can they charge like oh, ten dollars for they want. Yeah. That yeah, was kind of exactly. typical of all, all the events that, yeah. we, that they were having in and around the thing. It was just like it was literally just there for people to yeah. enjoy themselves and even like, like even the show floor food wasn't all that expensive. Like they had uh, like a creperie in the show floor, and it was like four euros for a crepe. I mean, like that's not a cheap crepe, mm -hmm. but it's also not you're not breaking the bank and buying a crepe. Mm -hmm. On the food note, I got to say the Grapevine Hotel that QuakeCon was yeah. at, uh, the food that they put out for like the press and, yeah. and the teams and stuff was like awesome. Yeah. I was so floored. I thought it was just going to be like you know granola yeah. and cereal or whatever, but they had like they did fajitas one day, and so there was three different types of meat nice. and like, all these different oh, wow. kinds of salsa and like fresh made uh, tortillas. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, amazing. fresh avocado, everything. It was great. I was really surprised by that's that. Awesome. So. I mean, it is interesting to see that there are cons beyond E3 and PAX mm -hmm. that actually do really interesting and exciting things. And I think that's kind of a testament to how this industry is kind of evolving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Gamescom is growing every single year, and it's showing that there's a massive audience in Europe that we don't even think about. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, E3 especially, you feel it's so North America-focused yeah. with, like, a splash of Japan. And then every once in a there's like, a British guy, like, ooh, you're the token British guy. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, it does show that th this is a global industry mm -hmm. that it has fans worldwide that all want to kind of be part of it. And it, it gives you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So what games did you see that you liked? Me? Uh, I, I had a lot of judging stuff, so I didn't really get any time to really enjoy any one game. Like, I played the new Hego, Lego Marvel Heroes. That was neat, I guess. I yeah, know. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um... I think of a game that I oh uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yeah, that was a <laughs> oh, last yeah. one. Which that one is basically like a night RPG action game. Okay. But it's really in depth. It's a super super deep game. Yeah, cool. that sounds yeah. neat to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love those kind of games. Oh no, it's oh. great. So you start off with like just kind of like as a squire, you're like learning to fight, and you have like it has like analog controls for the the sword swing. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. I mean, uh, we tried to, the demo they had on the show floor, they, they mentioned that they took turned down all the extra textures, so it was basically just the game running smoothly. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more textures in the final. There's a lot more, like, shaders and all this other stuff to make it look really pretty, but they're like, we just wanted to make sure it runs and not crashing on people as they're playing the game. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the most important yeah. thing, I yeah, think. Uh, Having a game that's mechanically sound yeah. over something that's pretty and runs like crap. Yeah. And I think every, everything there, they really put effort to make sure it was fun. I played the... Um, uh, what's it called? Life is Strange game. Mm -hmm. But that's uh, we are now reviewing them the site. But at the time, I'm just like, I get this play this like minute and a half demo. This mm -hmm. is kind of neat. <laughs> uh, also, the neat thing was they had a few weird announcements at Gamescom. We had the um, 
Final Fantasy 15 slash Assassin's Creed crossover announcement that happened during uh, Gamescom, where there's a mission in King, uh, Final Fantasy 15 where it's, you play as assassins. Huh. And they're like, yeah, we're assassins now. I don't know. Okay. Mm. I didn't Clive even know Nolan's that was a thing. Th- yeah, it's weird. Huh. I, that's, that's coming out really soon too, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a, just a free DLC if yeah. you already have your season pass. Cool. I think it's um, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, also, like all the stuff that they kind of just showed the excitement of fans. Like, like I saw a lot of games where I'm like, oh, this game's kind of a small little title. Then I'd go like the booth and there's people like fighting to get over it. Like, not fighting, but like excited very to excited play it. to yeah. play it. Like, and what was it? God's Trigger? Yeah, God's, God's, yeah. God's Trigger was yeah. the thing, right? Because that was one I'd never heard of over here. But it was huge. Yeah, the big booth. They yeah. had like this um, 1950s style diner as the booth. Okay. It was it was neat, and then they had like the consoles around the side of the diner. And, and that's a European that, game, then no, I'm assuming. Techland. Or? So the people that did, um, they did what did they? Techland did um, pure farming. They did that. Sha- Shadow. No, they also did um, did Dead Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, that other zombie game they just did that was released recently. Oh. Uh, Dying Light. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. They did that right. So, but it was like actually this, played a bit of that. So there's just a top-down action game. It was kind of like in the vein of uh, Hotline Miami, where you basically have a, room, a series of rooms and just your mm-hmm. mission to kind of go through them and figure it and then kill as many people as possible in the any way you can. Again, I can dig that very much. So top-down game, really easy to get into, really easy to play. Each different character, you have a woman who's an ex-demon, then you have a, a guy who's an angel, and they have different abilities and different powers, and kind of do a co-op thing to kind of go through that mission. And it, it was really fun. I, I, I judged that for best puzzle game. I'm like, it's more of an action game. But oh, yeah, yeah sure. well, if it's in the category, yeah, then. I'll judge it. Uh, but that was really fun. And then seeing how the people on the show Florac and how much they loved playing that game mm-hmm. was eye-opening. Like, oh, this small little title's huge. Oh, yeah, sure. It's, just, it's a different demographic, right? So it's going to hit different beats with uh, yeah. the European crowd exactly. than the North mm-hmm. American crowd. Which is a shame because the North American crowd would eat that up. Yeah, exactly. From what I saw, it was great. Did you play anything, Lisa? Yeah, I did. I played a lot. Uh, Why don't you pick like three titles? You know what? I'm going to talk as much as I want. Any because you talked about the food. So uh, anyway, no. Um, a few things I saw. I saw the final before release build of Cuphead. So I'm really excited about that one to come out. And I got to talk to um, Maya, who is on the team mm-hmm. building. She's the art director, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it was really great to see a Toronto company who has been putting their heart and soul in such a, a really great game and come out with a really incredible product. It looks like exactly as they pitched it. Like, it's not a... Yeah. It's not going to be... Well, especially because, I mean, it seems like it's been being talked about forever at it this has. point. Yeah. And Microsoft's given them the... Like, actually given them the space to do ideal... Uh, to, to actualize their vision, which was really, really cool. Uh, another really cool thing that I could not stop talking about was uh, this VR experience called Polygon. It's a cinematic VR where you're... Now, the, the idea is that they want to create these spaces, these VR spaces that you would go and you try put on the equipment and play this game because VR is... Any kind of super immersive VR is really prohibitive price-wise, yeah. right? But um, it was totally awesome it the game itself was kind of like um i don't know call of duty sci-fi version mm-hmm. of it and they um in, in, for those of you guys who've played vr one of the biggest problems with the vr is doing any kind of game like that uh and having to move forward well they fixed that by actually creating instead of a horizontal space where you're doing this linear on one floor you're doing a vertical movement oh that's a clever way to get around that issue so you keep going on elevators and going up to the next platform to the next space and there's lots of different things to do um so the vr itself you were wearing this like backpack of Mm -hmm. a hard computer of a computer Mm -hmm. and then you had obviously the helmet but then the rest of your body was mapped using Mm. like the what the the, uh the mapping systems that they would use and uh i mean we were playing like a super super pre-alpha build Mm. so the game itself was breaking a bit but yeah. even with all the like, the fact that one of my teammates was like a constant yoga ball and my hand was kind of like <laughs> broken in 17 positions it didn't even matter because we were having such a blast yeah because it was so immersive like you roll around well you can roll around because it's like 
computer on your back. But <laughs> but we were like diving and doing stuff, and it was it was if that could come to North America, I would be this was all a, over that. And wargaming was working with this. Wargaming and VR tech were working yeah. with it, and so or we're collaborating on this sort of it's the cinematic VR experience, yeah. and it was just it was just super super cool. Um, I also got a hands on with uh, um, Metal Gear Survive. So there was a new build from E. Oh. Now you did not like the build that was at E3. I this thought year. it was generic. We had fun. It was really great. Um, it was as hard as they said it was. Uh, it was, and but you know, fun in a yeah. sense. And um, they introduced the single player campaign. Now we didn't get a hands on with that because that wasn't available at the time. But uh, the single player campaign is is more of a harvesting and yeah, yeah. building um survival element to it which is kind of cool and so you'd be dropped into certain scenarios mm-hmm. just like a metal gear 5 yeah anyway in that in that sort of way um now jesse asked me when i told him about this he's he's our, you heard you heard him on the last spot a few podcasts ago mm-hmm. um he's literally like five feet away hi jesse you're playing you're playing the thing He's playing Quake right now, testing a, a new piece of tech. But anyway, um, if it if it should have if if it needed to be a Metal Gear, I'm not sure yet. I only played one level. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll have it, to it, see. It's, it's a budget title, right? It's gonna be like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be super cheap. Uh, and, to- and if that's the case, totally worth it. Just from what I played, it was cool. really really fun. But um, yeah, I, I mean, we saw a lot that weekend. But those are the yeah. ones that really stuck out to me. I thought they were really cool. Cool. But um. Oh, on the VR note, I feel like I should mention I did try oh, yeah, you did Skyrim try and Doom VR. Uh-huh. Um, Doom was on the HTC, Skyrim was on the PSVR, and I'm not sure if it was like a hardware thing or just the games themselves, but one was definitely uh, better than the other. <laughs> uh, Doom was awesome. Mm-hmm. I had a really good time with that. It like Just being in that world was cool as hell. Mm-hmm. The shooting felt really good. Um, and the movement felt neat. So similar, I guess, to a lot of VR games. Basically, you aim like a little reticle on the floor. Okay. You hit the button. You teleport. Um, but they also made that into the glory kills. So oh. as you're shooting guys and they start to flash, you use your movement button and you like teleport and glory kill. Oh, weird. So you're like bouncing all over. Um, whereas Skyrim, at one point, my spell hand just floated away from me <laughs> as it was shooting fire. And... Uh, <laughs> I was super excited because I was watching a guy play and they have like a bow and yeah. arrow and mm. that was just, it was almost impossible to shoot. Yeah. Like, uh, you can't see me, but I mean, to hold it one like this and your right arm has to go like behind your head to get the arrow in. Oh, and, yeah. And it was blurry and I don't know. I thought it would be better than it was. Disappointed with Skyrim, but Doom was awesome. And right. those were both on PSVR, right? No, no the no. Doom was on the HTC, okay. I think. And um, Skyrim was on PSVR. Okay. And, and that's coming out pretty soon, right? I didn't get a release date on either one. No. No. So I'm not sure what the story is there, but uh, Skyrim definitely shouldn't come out soon. (laughs) (laughs) That needs a little more time in the oven. Fair enough. Yeah. Should we wrap up there then? Sure. Yeah, I think that's it for today. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things we talked about, please visit us at cgmagonline.com or follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline. You guys want to plug your Twitters? Beat 26 I don't have Twitter. At that Phil Brown. And at Lisa Awesome. You can also follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine or on Instagram at CG Mag Online. And thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring our podcast. From everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. Bye.